This is the EWN Podcast Network. Every wall in the house has two main components, outer layers like skin, what we see, and the guts inside, studs, plumbing pipes, electrical wiring, and insulation. Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. Welcome back, home builders and remodelers. Don McMaster of McMaster and Hill Construction, our show's resident new home builder, is back with us today. McMaster and Hill Construction has a has been a team since 2017, specializing in water and fire restoration. Over the past four years, they have grown the company into a leading full service remodeling and design firm. McMaster and Hill now specialize in high-end remodels, home additions, kitchen and bath remodels, and complete fire rebuilds with over 40 years of combined experience. In our last episode with Dawn, we talked about the pouring of the foundation and the framing of our new house. Inside the skeleton-like framework are several vital systems that are really the lifeblood of the home. They are the plumbing, electrical wiring, and natural gas lines, the heating and air ducts referred to as HVAC or HVAC, the cables or internet and television are especially important, and more and more these days, the pre-wiring also includes wiring for intricate sound systems, home security, and smart home systems that can be run from your phone or computer remotely. Once all these systems are in place, the insulation is pushed into every nook and cranny before the interior walls are finished on both sides with clean new drywall. Now that the framing in our simulated house is completed, we are in the approximately second month of construction since the foundation was poured. Don, thank you so much for joining me again today. All right, thank you. Glad to be here. I appreciate that. Um, do we, we have any dogs to introduce today or are we dogless? No, the dog, yeah, the dog went home. <laughs> Good, yeah. I actually have two visiting me today and I have sequestered them to the house. Um, so between the plumbers, electricians and HVAC team, who's in first? Is there a specific progression from one team to another, or is it primarily based on their availability? Uh, we, what we really want to do is get our plumbers in there uh, first, and they would also be working uh, with our framers because uh, what we want to do is make sure that the plumbing, the vents for the plumbing that go up through the walls don't get covered by a second floor you know, putting wood on it where they can't drill through it and get out and escape and get out the top of the roof. So uh, probably, the, probably the first thing would be the uh, get in there for plumbing vents 
and work with the framer, make sure we're all on the same page and uh, we get those pipes in there and a place for those pipes to run. So that would be the first thing is- Yeah, that's cool. Cause I mean, they always seem like they're just riding on the heels of the framer. So now I understand you're intentionally overlapping them. Right, yeah, because you wanna make sure that we know say we have trusses that we can't move or cut. We wanna make sure that the plumbers marked out the hole where he's going to be drilling that so we don't have a, a truss or a, you know a rafter tail or a rafter a ceiling choice or anything like that sitting in the exact same spot where the plumber has to be coming up from the bottom for a vent yeah that sounds like a very smart thing to uh, work around uh, the reason that the first thing i shop for with my clients on a new home build is the plumbing fixtures is because in my experience, is the first system to be installed, like as you're describing, while the foundation is being poured, I make sure to have uh, designed the bathrooms, the kitchens, and the laundry room, and selected all the major plumbing fixtures that we will need. The initial plumbing locations are drawn on the plans by the architect. Do you see clients looking to change things a lot after the um, house starts taking shape? You know, once, yeah, when you say start shaking shape, so... Uh, like you said, you have that already laid out. Sometimes when somebody gets out there and they get a feel for it, they might want to move things, but a lot of time it's already in concrete. So there's not much movement, movement available. There's, you know, you can, you could do a couple inches or something, you know, you're jackhammering concrete at that point. So you want to make sure you have everything pretty close to where you're going to be. Yeah, so a certain amount of work has to get done, you know, before the concrete foundation is even poured. So what are those things? Where What's going in first? Well, those would be the, uh, you know, running all the plumbing drains. And uh, if there is any electrical that needs to be, let's say you have a big living room and you want to put a couch out in the middle of the floor and maybe have a light or something, you want to run some of that electrical in there. If you have an island, uh, you want to make sure you got your electrical run in that concrete over to the island and, you know, your water and your plumbing. So that would all have to be in the concrete first. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I've, I've certainly seen a lot of um, odd tubes and wires sticking out from the middle of nowhere, wondering what's going to go, what's going to go in around it as you walk through the, um, the poured foundation. Right. Yeah. So that's what they are. You you know, it looks like it's kind of random, but hopefully everything's exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah, so. because it is really hard to make any changes. I know I've, I've experienced that myself. Um, has the water intake and outtake systems are being installed. It's imperative to have decided exactly what the features will be in, um, in the home. Uh, is there a freestanding tub? Are there double shower heads in the master shower? Is there a rain head that mounts on the ceiling? Is there a handheld uh, shower head as well as multiple body sprays? Maybe even a full steam shower. Uh, similar amounts of options will need to apply everywhere that there's water in the house. When do you need to have the completed list of the plumbing fixture inclusions? Well, we'd like to have it right at the beginning. Like you said, you wanna design those things so that when we're doing the concrete, let's say you're putting in a freestanding tub, you know, and the tubs drain left, right, and center. So you wanna make sure that that plumbing, that drain is in the right location or within a foot. So you could chip around it and move it a little bit, but you don't wanna say, 
I had a left-handed tub where the water drains to the left. And now I bought a right-handed, so now you got to cut up, you know, six feet, eight feet of uh, concrete to move it. So if you can get all that information up front, obviously that's a tremendous help. Yeah, so that's that's putting in a good bid for getting your designer on board early enough because the average homeowner is not going to really be able to fully think that through if they're not in the plumbing stores and seeing what their options are. And, you know, of course, the tub is a perfect example because you also want to direct that tub toward the best view in the room. If you're going to take a luxurious three-hour bath while eating bonbons, uh, you want to have, you know, the you don't want to be looking at the wall if you can be looking at the, you know, view of the mountains or something. So, yes. So get your designer in early. That's my plug for the for the episode. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be nice. That helps everybody. It does. Uh, so I'm looking at a picture of a bathroom wall, which has its pipes and tubes installed. Um, we're going to post some photos at this stage of the plumbing installation on our website. So our listeners are going to be able to see what I'm talking about. Please help me understand what I'm seeing in the wall as I describe it. First, in the bathroom, uh, vanity, you know, sink vanity area, I see a thick, hard black tube. What is that and what is it made of? So that's an ABS black, uh, is the black. They also, in different parts of the country, they're white. So they could be black or white. Um, And so those are the drains for Uh the, uh, probably for your sink. Yeah, the plumbing. And so if they're white, are they PVC? And these look to me like, are they metal, the black ones? So the black ones are ABS and the white ones typically are PVC. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So those are both um, a a rigid plastic. Yes, they're both a hard plastic. Either one of them could be used for drains. Okay, cool. Um, And so this one that I'm looking at has a low shutoff valve, but not all sinks have a shutoff valve underneath them. Why not? Well, they all should. So if you're looking at a... Oh, good. um, Okay. So you should have hot and cold. So usually that's designated... Now it used to be just copper and you would have, you know, copper left and right. And the right hand side would be cold. Left hand is uh, hot. Uh, Now they have plastic tubing to run the water through. So guess what? The blue one is your cold water. and The red one is your hot water. Uh So when you see those coming through, that's what you're looking at. A whole, uh, a cold and a hot. Right. Yeah. So, that's kind of, it's sort of a fun stage where you start to see the, the red, you know, um, they look like veins and then the blue veins, you know, kind of running through the wall structure. Um, right. And now um, the, in this picture, the red tube um, is threaded through a hollow rubbery looking tube. Is that insulation? Yes. So what you want to do is make sure, especially in colder places, but even here in California now, uh, we've got these foam uh like say a black thing that surrounds it. Yeah. And that keeps uh, that'll keep it warm. We try to keep it from freezing and also, you know, keep keep the water inside warm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So it's an energy um a, a, you know, good for the energy of heating the water as well as I'm sure in other climates it's imperative with the with the freezing. Yeah, even here in California, if you could, we usually don't get it here in southern California, but when they get up in the attic, uh you know, you we do get some cold days. But it's uh, it's good just to try to even both of them now are required a lot of places, depending on the city, 
may require both hot and cold to be insulated. Oh, really? Oh, that, that makes a certain amount of sense too, for, uh, you know, for ecological reasons and for um, temperature control. Yes. Um, so, you know, you mentioned it briefly, but early in my career, plumbing pipes were made of copper um, as it is not a corrosive and it's long lasting. Um, how long um, have these modern plastics been in use? So I, I think probably 30 years, but really it's probably taken off in the last 10 years as they've gotten better at it. They probably yeah. had, you know, some time to eliminate the bugs and find out, you know, what worked, what didn't work. Originally they said, you know, oh, the rats loved eating the plastic. And so they had to take out whatever the rats loved eating in that plastic. So they had a problem with that. Wow. So they, they've uh, been able to fix that. Uh, and one thing, obviously, it's not only a lot cheaper to uh, to do it, the labor's cheaper because you don't have a little fitting that you have to weld at every 90-degree corner. Uh, so that really saves them a lot of time mm -hmm. and money on, on the uh, install. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and so now the fittings with plastic, are those glued? Adhesive? Some are glued, but mainly they're crimped. So you get a special crimping tool that the plumbers have that uh you know crimps it together so it's like before you would solder it now you crimp the corners oh interesting um so now i'm looking at a picture of a laundry room setup with a thicker rigid black the thick rigid black pipe and it has an s curve in it about uh, 12 inches up from the ground what's the purpose of the s curve so the S-curve is a what we call a P-trap. So at the bottom of the P-trap, the water sits. So let's say all the gases from the sewer don't come back up inside. You know, you could smell it on the inside. So you see it in the laundry room. If you were to look underneath any of one of your sinks, you'd also have the P-trap under your sink. So if you opened it up, you'd see the P-trap underneath there. The water sits in the bottom doesn't allow the gas and the smell to come up into your house from the sewer system. You also see it in toilets. Uh, some of the toilets, you can see the uh, pipe built into the toilet. Yeah, uh, so it's the, built uh, right into the porcelain structure? Yes, yeah. Uh -huh. that makes it's sense. the same exact same thing. Huh. Uh, the pipes uh, carry clean water into the pipe system, and unclean water is pulled down by gravity through the drains where does it go? Well, hopefully it goes, to, <laughs> hopefully it goes outside your house and uh, goes to the sewer system. Uh, if you're in a city now, there's, there's different places, even in Southern California, some people have septic tanks. Uh -huh. So it may go out in your backyard or your front yard into a giant tank and is filtered uh, through and released into groundwater. Most, most places now have, a, uh, cities have a, a sewer system. And so everything goes to a sewer system down the streets and out to a, um, you know, a plant. And at the plant, they'll clean that water and they'll either release it into a creek or a lot of places now are recycling that water back into areas like landscaping, median landscapers in the middle of uh, big major roads and stuff like that. So it can be cleaned and they're trying to recycle that and get better at that. So would that happen on the location of the home? 
or does that go back to the city and then come back in uh, uh, in? Yeah, the, all that would drain down to wherever the city's going to have a plant. Uh huh. So it depends. Each city might have a plant or two, so everything's supposed to drain to that area. And so then there would be need to be an infrastructure of a second system to keep the cleaned water and the drinking water diff separate, right? Right. Only yeah. Only thing going down uh, is the drain is the uh, bad water. Uh huh. Your clean water is a completely different uh, pipe coming to the feeding the house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then that water would have to be piped up, but not through the main pipe system of the house. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you have a sewer line and then you have a fresh water line and that's a separate, a separate, a separate pipe. And, uh, you know, they have pumps to pump those uphill, downhill, and, uh, wherever it needs to go. And that's yeah, so the house pressure. Speaking of uphill and downhill, um, the drain system, it, it's predominantly, um, there are no pumps and things. I mean, is it predominantly um, needs to be graded properly so that it's gravity driven? Yes, yes. All the drains are gravity driven. So sometimes when you see in a street where it has a hill go up or down, a lot of those drain pipes start at one end of a street. They, could, they may be anywhere six feet down and then sometimes they'll be down to 16 feet. Uh, you know, when the city put in the sewer lines to begin with. So even see, though the yeah. ground up on top is up and down, your sewer always keeps running down. Yeah. So it really depends on the topography, um, how uh, how deep the system has to be in order to get that graded right. Right. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, that part can get pretty complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound pretty complicated, but I'm glad someone figured it all out. I mean, you yeah. know, I just show up and have to make things pretty. I, I don't have to worry about this, but it's good to understand <laughs> it. So I also understand that there's air blowing through the vents to keep pipes cl um, clean and clear. How does that work? So there isn't really any air blowing through the pipes uh -huh. when you say that to keep it. It really has nothing to do with it. So what they want to do is have a vent. Uh-huh. To vent so because after a while it's it's like uh like when you have little kids and you go to McDonald's and you have a Coke and you have a, a straw and you fill it up and you put your thumb over the top of it. Yes. And you so the the, the uh, you know every little kid's to put their thumb over top. Oh look, you know right. it doesn't drain. It doesn't fall out the bottom. What happened? Uh -huh. It doesn't have any air. You take your thumb off, it all runs out. So basically, that's the concept for a house is. You have vents coming up, pretty much servicing each each thing you have, like toilet, sinks, and they could combine it and they come out the roof. Uh -huh. But that's supplying uh, fresh air. So if I were to go up on your roof and put a cap on all your vents, nothing would go down the toilet. Oh, just like the yeah. oh, I love the straw analogy. That that makes yes. that it works clear. exactly like that. That's how simple it is. Yeah. Now is that um, there's a white PVC pipe. Um, in this picture in the middle of everything is that is that for the venting or what it, or is that something else so it could be uh let's say you have a air conditioning unit sitting in your attic uh-huh so the condensation water that a, a air conditioner would put off they, they run two two lines one to the outside of your house uh and the second line 
and it's usually a white PVC line hooks up to your drain lines underneath the sink. So that water that's uh, made by your air conditioner uh, can go on, into a pan that sits under your air conditioner or just drains out. Mm-hmm. So the pan is like a safety. So let's say the first one gets clogged up. The pan's underneath your uh, HVAC system in the attic or wherever it's at. And then that goes to the outside of your house. If you see water coming out this PVC pipe on the outside of your house, mm-hmm. then you know that your other one's clogged up and you got to go uh-huh. check it out, find yeah. out what's going on. Yeah, well, we'll be, um, we'll be doing a deeper dive into HVAC systems um, yeah. and, and another whole episode. So we'll come back to that. But so when I um, purchased the plumbing fixtures, the trims, which are the pretty metal parts on the outside of the wall, may not yeah. be available immediately. But what you need at this stage are the valves. So can you tell me about the valves? What do they do? And, and um, where do we put them? So the valves for the main part, for the end, for the most part, need to be for the showers. Because once you tile it up, you want to be able to mix your water into the valve. So a hot and cold come in. And then from there, they could go to a shower head. They can go to an overhead. They could go to a, you know, like a handheld uh, device. So those little valves need to be installed because uh, they connect to the main water system, hot and cold. So you need those, they go in the wall and then when they get covered up, you're not gonna get to them. Right, yeah, so, so the parts that are called the roughs that go into the foundation and the walls are the valves, which are the shower controls um, it can be part of your um, bath, uh, like if it's a freestanding bathtub, you need something that's going to attach right. to those, um, the faucet and the controls for that. And then the diverters, which are going to mix the water or control the water, you know, between a tub and a shower and things like that. So that's the part um, that all has to be there, you know. Yes, we want to we want to have, yeah, you got to have all that kind of stuff right at the beginning when you're hooking up your hot and cold water. Yeah, so that way you have your whole system ready to go. Yeah, and then the reason that, that um, we can get away with, you know, ordering things that, that the decorative part is going to be delayed or ha- made for us after we order it um, is because there's a cer- certain standardization to the rough and valve, you know, and drain pieces. Right, so the parts that are your finished pieces are usually designed, you know, by the same company to fit their valves. So usually you don't mix and match your uh, finish with your valves you probably would you wouldn't want to do that so they go together the, the screws and stuff to, that tie into them are all part of one system yeah then um in my sister in my picture of the toilet location um i see a blue tube in the wall and of course the drain in the floor um can you explain what's included in the plumbing fix system for the toilet yeah, for the toilet, there's just a three-inch drain, and that's what you see on the floor. And then that blue tube is the cold water that comes to supply for the toilet. So that's that's pretty basic. Now, unless you get one of those fancy toilets that's going to heat up, maybe you get hot and cold. I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to say. So <laughs> if they're going to use, you know, if we're going to want a bidet type um, thing with heated water, uh, would are there ways to do that aftermarket or, or do we need to do that uh, ahead of time in the wall that we need to you have? Know, I think that's one of those things where you have to find out 
like you said, go back to the beginning. What is the toy that you're getting? And does that require that? Or does it come, a lot of them come with a heater. So they may have an electrical plug right, right behind the toilet that you, right. you plug in your toilet. So right. yeah, it depends on which, what you're buying. You got to know what, what you're getting. So essentially the time span for you to make that, if you haven't made the decision from day one about your toilets, you have until the electrician is in the house because at least then you can get one that you can plug in to heat the water. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think it's the sign of how uh, much bidets are evolving in homes now that it's, it's, a, it's an issue in the last yeah. you know, several years we've gotten to the point where it was an early conversation we had. Everyone said, no, no, no. Now the house is being built. And they're like, well, I sat in one in my uncle's house yesterday and it sure was nice. And all of a sudden we're, you know, adding, exactly. adding yep. the technology. Yeah. Things people never thought about. Then all of a sudden they go, Hey, wait a minute. I think I got to get that. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so then what about the what about the in-wall plumbing systems have I missed? What else do we have to be concerned about at this stage? For the plumbing, um, I think we covered, you know, the hot, the cold, the drains. For the, so that's pretty much the main things that you're going to be looking for. I think oh. we have a pretty good grip on. Yeah, and then um, good grip how long do you usually um, assume that that, beginning process of getting all that in place is going to take with the plumbers so it depends on the size of your house so if you got a you know three or four thousand square foot house you know it could take two to two to three weeks to run all that and then it just depends on the size so you, you should allow at least two to three weeks okay um and then each of the systems being installed in the walls will be inspected does the plumbing system require a specific inspector? Not a specific, but uh, also it depends on your jurisdiction. Some places have an inspection for the electrical, an electrical inspector, a plumbing inspector, an HVAC inspector. And so sometimes in the city of LA, they make you have those three permits and they have a different inspector. Uh, I don't know what's happened after COVID. A lot of other places and most of the places we deal with have one inspector. He inspects all those things. So for your drains, uh, your sewer drains, usually we have to have the whole system installed and we put a plug at the very bottom where it leaves your house and we fill the whole thing up with water all the way up, up on top of your roof. We fill it up that kind of puts it under pressure and that way, you know, okay, then we're looking for leaks. Was there any place that there could be a leak, even though the system is not going to be under pressure, it tells you if somebody forgot to glue something somewhere. And so, you know, that nobody has put a nail in it, nobody's cut it. So then you can go through your whole system and look at it before you start putting walls up. Uh, same thing kind of for the uh, gas line and for the water lines. You can um, put a cap on the end of them, and then we'll pump them up with air. Now, sometimes I like to I like to do the water lines and put them under pressure so I can find any leaks before I put walls up. I want to know that now that yeah. you know nothing got cut, nobody put a nail in anything. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, um, you, 
all all the con- connectors wise. the connectors are tight uh-huh and so you can find it you can you can put it under pressure with air and and you want it to hold for a day same with the gas you uh-huh pump that up let it sit for a day make sure that needle doesn't move that you didn't lose any pressure then you know that your system's good so oh, a lot of the inspectors cool. want to see that uh-huh they're going to say show me that uh show me that it's working and we're ready to proceed to the next section you know the next part yeah that's cool that is definitely not something i was uh I was aware of. Right. Uh, yes. And if you do, it eliminates a lot of problems because you don't want to put drywall on someplace and then find out, oh, we got a leak somewhere and start tearing everything apart to try to find it. You yeah, know, that would be horrible. Yeah. That would be not fun. Uh, and, and do you sometimes find problems? Like, is that is that normal or is it rare? I, I would say it's probably not. Not rare, but every once in a while you'll say, hey, you know what, we, you know, this over here has got us, you know, even if it's a pinhole leak, you know, it could be a faulty, something faulty with the uh, material or, you know, a connector. Usually it's always at a connector, you know, maybe it's not tight enough or didn't get glued uh-huh. good enough or, or somebody just completely forgot to glue it, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure that it, it's, there are a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, so that's an ongoing that's an ongoing thing as you're doing it. So you usually try to catch all that stuff right then. All right. So I it sounds like that pretty much sums up plumbing. As you can hear in my conversation with contractor Doug McMaster, when the plumber begins to prepare for all of the fixtures we will be placing throughout the house, it is wise to have designed the bathrooms, kitchen, laundry, wet bars, and anywhere you need water before the foundation is poured which locks in the position of the drains. And to have selected all of the plumbing fixtures and the appliances so that all of the design goals can be easily accomplished. Thanks so much, Don, for joining us again. We look forward to our conversation in the next episode about the electrical pre-wiring of our house. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Until next time, let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. 
So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.